Hey, this is the Body Bishops. Hey, Alan. Hey, Matt. How you doing? May the stars shine upon our meeting. Yes. <laughs> I think that's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're both um, a bit disillusioned as sports fans lately, aren't we? Well, as a second team sport fan, yes. <laughs> I went to the Stoke game on uh, Tuesday night. Per Emmy, I brought Emmy again. This is the first time I ever seen a match. It was no, no. First time to ever be at a football game, and I was like, "Oh, we'll come again! They're going to play Wigan. It's going to be brilliant." Wigan or bottom, one nil to Wigan. They're like, "For Emmy, <laughs> he's never seen a goal yet." Yeah. So, but 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 even in comparison to to the last time that we did Body Bishops, from a Premier League standpoint, things are not looking as uh, as promising top. for Arsenal. Or... Still top, man. Still top. <laughs> Still top, but it's it's a bit shaky, isn't it? Yeah, it's scary biscuits. Yeah. Speaking of shaky, <laughs> did you see United's defence last night? Yeah, well, I didn't watch it because I don't care about <sighs> United, but I did hear the score was... Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Between our centre-back and our goalkeeper, it was horrible. <laughs> it can be disillusioning, can it? Yeah, but as Mick said, we were walking home from the game... And uh, Mick said, it's only football. And we have, and he's, yeah. he's like, we have the promises of God still. <laughs> like, yes, Mick. <laughs> Amen, brother. So That's a Mick moment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought in terms of, um, in terms of, yeah, we've still got the Lord. Um, the cross is still um, effective in our lives, mm. day in, day out. The tomb is still empty. So um, that's the gospel. Amen. And uh, we've been looking at that in depth. Of course, we did our series on the gospel lens and praise God for our gospel identity. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last few times uh, out for the series, we we saw that gospel identity should should only ever lead to gospel community. Yeah. Right. So just um, chapters one to eleven, dealing with our identity in Christ, dealing mm-hmm. with other things, but dealing mainly with our identity in mm-hmm. Christ. And then we get to chapter 12 of Romans, and there's this clear and obvious shift that takes place where now it's no longer just about our identity, but now it's it says, you know, um, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, mm-hmm. I, I plead with you, therefore, by the mercies of God, yeah. that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And really what we're talking about is how to present our bodies a living sacrifice among our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so so last time out we were just seeing what the implications of going from theology uh, to to practice uh, looks like, and chapters twelve chapter twelve was telling us that we are meant to be serving our spiritual siblings that we um, are to love for the right reasons and not with ulterior motives, and we're to share in the joys and pains of our brothers and sisters as they rejoice and as they weep, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and today uh, just just thought we could start. In chapter 13, and um, talking about fulfilling the law and how love fulfills the law, um, if we could actually just, if you could read for us verse number 8, that'd be great. Yeah, it says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Mm. That's pretty deep when you think about it. I mean, we could... Yeah, I mean, it's life-changing. That simple, <laughs> that simple mm-hmm. few words can mm-hmm. change a whole life and a whole community. Mm-hmm. So Jesus said, um, by this will all people know that you are my disciples. Mm-hmm. If you have love for one another. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we get to Galatians six and verse number 10. And it says um, that we, we fulfill the law through love. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm. So it says, fulfill the law of Christ. That's what it says. Um, Bear one another's That's burdens, right, yeah. fulfill the law of Christ. It's not yeah. verse 10, it's verse 3 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, James calls it the royal law, isn't mm, it? Yeah. yeah. So this idea of fulfilling the law, not not necessarily the Old Testament law, even though, yes, in this application, it is the Old Testament law. But all of that and all that Jesus taught is summed up in this, mm-hmm. like, love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so the point is that love is the gospel. And when when we're when we're fulfilling the loss the gospel, we're loving one another. Mm. I, that's the, I had a tough time getting that out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Love is fulfilling the gospel. Yeah. Um, fulfilling everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did, not just taking Jesus's teachings, but taking Jesus's life and example, and in living that out. So, um, love is continuing what we've seen in verses in chapters one to eleven. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's so what it looks like. We we are loved by God, and that love has come into our hearts, um, and now we are called to to bring that out into the world around us. So we receive it, and then we give it out. Mm-hmm. Isn't that always how God works? He blesses us to be a blessing, so He loves us to love. He graces us that we might show grace. Yeah, that's so. great, man. Yeah, yeah. God pours it down, um, vertically, not vertically, but what's the opposite of vertically? He does pour it vertically, <laughs> and then we we give it out horizontally. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, Friday, man. It's Friday, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, the the point is, um, you can't be a gospel community without love, right? Uh, love is meant to be the rule by which we operate. Yeah. So you can be a community without love, mm-hmm. but you cannot be a gospel community without love. If love's not the foundation of of all that we do. Um, and the gospel community, that's really just another way to say the word like church, local church. You can't have a, you can't have a, a biblically, um, you can't have a biblical local church if it's not founded on love because mm-hmm. love, a gospel community is the church, right? So yeah, a, a biblical church is a church that's founded on this love of Christ mm-hmm. that extends that love to everyone around them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the foundation of everything. Yeah, you should be leading this conversation, not me today. <laughs> You're getting it out a lot better than I'm that. drinking that coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so God wants us to take that thought from chapter 13 into chapter 14, which is where we're going to uh, really focus today. And um, if, if we could just take a few verses from, from the beginning of chapter 14 um, and a couple from, from the end of chapter 14. And um, yeah, do you mind taking uh, verse number, where's it at? Verse 13? Yeah. So just before like we get there, you know, Romans, 13, Romans 13 is this general commandment to love one another. And then chapter 14 is how that general commandment plays out specifically in a certain scenario in the Roman church, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that, what does it, what it look like to love one another? Well, here we go, Romans 14 to 15, some really specific ways to do this loving one another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, verse 13 is it? Mm-hmm. So Romans 14, 13 uh, <laughs> I've got a list there. Uh, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Right. So, again, we'll look at two main verses and and chat about those individually. But, um, yeah, just, just this idea of why why do I judge my brother, right? He has actually asked that question in verse number 10. Why do I judge my brother? Mm. And the statement that I love when God gives a definitive statement, right? Mm. And, and he gives a negative and a positive. We'll move on to the positive here in a minute. But he says, do not judge one another. Mm. And um, 
Yeah, just to reintegrate the, the the passage or the context into the passage. Uh, do you mind just talking about the context of Romans as a whole, just for me? Yeah. So the the church in Rome, uh, Jews and Gentiles are coming to Christ in Rome, uh, and they're congregating together then as as Jesus followers. Um, but they're the, the emperor eventually he's um, anti-Semitic and he has the Jews removed from the city of Rome. So the Jewish Christians and Jews who are not Christians are all being kicked out of Rome. They probably go together. Um, and then, so it's only the Gentiles, the Greeks, the Romans, who are left in the city of Rome, who are, who are Christians. So the church is obviously going to become a little bit more Gentile, culturally Gentile, culturally Greek and, and Roman. Um, and then five years later, the emperor rescinds his, his exile. So the Jewish Christians and the Jews can come back to the city of Rome and they come back five years later and there's going to be differences in how the church plays mm. out. You know, if I, mm. if, if I come back to you five years later, there's going to be changes in, in your life. Um, and so they, they come back, they, they've had certain ways of doing things before they left and that have maybe intensified once they've been away. Um, certain rules and ways they do church. Now they come back mm. and these Gentiles have been doing church for five years, way different. Mm-hmm. And now we're having almost a collision of Jew and Greeks coming together into one congregation in Rome. Yeah. So, so sudden, suddenly you have um, extraordinarily Jewish Christians mm-hmm. and extraordinarily Greek Christians learning yeah. to coexist all over again. All over again. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, this context is where the passage that we're looking at really rests. So this chapter begins by referencing those who eat vegetables and those who eat meats. And again, the, the Jews went away and became more Jewish, right? They, they had never had to worry about meats being offered to pagan idols while they were around other Jews in exile. Mm-hmm. So, um, ac- according to God in Acts 10, what, what did he tell Peter about all animals and meat? Yeah, so now everything's clean. We can eat everything. We give thanks to God for it. We can eat it. Um, yeah. God's God's cl- cleans it all for our, <laughs> for our palates. Yeah. So, so this this would not have been an issue for the Greeks, though, mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, but for some Jews, it was something that they just could not do with a clean conscience, whether it was a sin or not. Uh, there was something that it was something that the Jews, they, they couldn't do without feeling guilty. Right. Because it, so it was meat offered to an idol. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, no, yeah. Sorry. So that was the context. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was meat that was offered in pagan worship, mm-hmm. and whatever was left over from that was taken to the markets and sold, uh, discounted value. So, so so everyone was having it, right? Yeah. So the Greeks are like, I mean that that God's that God we used to worship. He's not even a real God. Mm-hmm. Who cares if this has been sacrificed to him? We're going to give thanks to God for it mm-hmm. in Jesus' name, and we're going to eat it. Where the Jews are a little bit more, well, that's that's been offered to a, an idol. I can't eat that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, the the chapter goes on to reference those that who observe this day or that day, and um, this this is likely a reference to the Sabbath, even though there are other holy days as well. But um, as as we know, after the resurrection, Christians, uh, including the Jewish apostles, um, began meeting on Sundays uh, because that's the day that the Lord arose, the first day of the mm-hmm. week He resurrected. And the Jewish Sabbath, however, was Saturday. Mm-hmm. So when, what what day are you going to set aside for rest and or to focus on God and gather with his people? That mm-hmm. was the question. And uh, of course, there would have been other days of observance, like we said, but, but you had Greeks and Jews and those cultures colliding into one congregation, into yeah. one family. I mean, in verse 5, one... The Jewish person would have esteem one day above another. So whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday, 
that's a day <clears throat> of rest because that's ingrained in their culture for mm -hmm. thousands of years. Whereas the Gentiles have never had such a, a mindset of like yeah. a day of, of rest. Mm -hmm. So it says in verse five, and they just treat every day like it's the same. <laughs> like every day is yeah. the same, you know, like what? there's no special day. We still meet Jesus, you know, we still meet as a congregation to worship Jesus, but it's not, it's not a day of like not being allowed to do certain works. So yeah, different, yeah. different yeah. cultures here. Yeah. So, so the Greeks may not have understood or, or agreed uh, with the reason that the Jews didn't have meats offered to idols. And I'm, I'm sure that the Jews likely couldn't understand why the Greeks so flippantly ingested something that previously had been reserved for pagan worship. Yeah. So there's tension here, isn't there? Yeah, there's in, tension. In the yeah. And, yeah. and from an outside looking in, you can, you can sympathize with both sides, can't you? Mm-hmm. But in the midst of it, you've got two cultures colliding. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of their lack of understanding or whether or not they shared their desire to abstain or partake, do not judge them. Yeah. That's that's where we're at here. So let, let me just say this. Um, in terms of judgment, which 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 we brought out a few nights ago in, in Bible study, didn't we? But in, in terms of judgment, um, you hear people say often that, that judge, don't judge it to sin, <laughs> which which isn't true. Mm -hmm. Um in, in the context of what we understand about judgment, um, Jesus said, judge only according to the standard that you're willing to be judged by. Yeah. But beyond that, as Christians, we have every right to judge what God has already judged himself. Yeah. So to declare what God has judged, we're well within our rights to do that because he's the judge and he's declared it. Yeah. I mean, the same Apostle Paul who writes, don't judge one another anymore, writes First Corinthians 5, which is like, you bet you're meant to be judging one another. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. because we yeah. judge, like you, I think you said it really helpfully on Wednesday night, we are, we are permitted to judge what God has judged to be sin. And mm -hmm. we are unable to say, this is sin, not on my authority, but on the word of God. Yeah, yeah. So, so if it's something morally wrong, like, like sex outside of the monogamous marriage, drunkenness, idol worship, and I'm sure we could think of other things mm -hmm. as well, obviously. But it's, it's, it's something... If it's if it's not something clearly condemned or forbidden in the Bible, do not judge their intention in either partaking or abstaining from that. Yeah. So uh, I think the overarching principle is this, though: never suspect the worst in a brother or sister that you do not agree with. Yeah, that was really good. I, I highlighted that when I was writing notes on Wednesday night when you were speaking. That was one of the things I put diamond mm -hmm. stars around it. But, but that's not easy, is it? <laughs> no, man. Because I I I'm I'm a as a human being, I'm a naturally critical person. Mm -hmm. um, in my flesh, I am I am always questioning the motives of another person. I'm suspect, um, you know, and, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna look at my if I disagree with someone if I disagree with my brother in Christ who's doing something with his liberty that I personally wouldn't be able to do, then I'm gonna be like, man, he's doing that for all the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. So I'm mm -hmm. immediately suspecting him. But you had it on Wednesday. Don't suspect the worst in your brother who you disagree with when it comes to these liberty issues. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't assume that they have sinful intentions mm -hmm. for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it may it may be your preference or not your preference, and you may feel like you're doing wrong if you partook in that particular activity. But if the Bible doesn't condemn it, then neither should you. Yeah, it's like in the Old Testament, uh, the, the prophets said, um, "Well, God said through the prophet." Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Yeah. So we need yeah. to be very careful about what we're saying is sinful. Yeah. We just, if, if I can't personally do that thing, but the Bible isn't clear about it, then I just have to let my brother who's doing it get on with it. Mm. You know, and, and there's wisdom involved in this, but if there's, if there's no sin involved, I, I'm, I can't judge him. Yeah. Yeah. So in the context, 
Let's, let's think in the context of, of Blurton where we're at, mm-hmm. and then maybe there are those listening from other other context, uh, church context as well. Uh, not judging one another um, through this principle, it's going to present itself in multiple situations. Mm-hmm. And what are some ways that uh, it might present itself? I think one of the ways would be dress standards in church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I've heard it said that like you know if you can't if they don't come with a suit and tie on, it's they're just not taking Jesus seriously. Right. And at that moment, you're assuming the worst of your brother. How do you know what's going on in his heart? Mm-hmm. Um, you're assuming a motive that you can never see. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if my brother comes in with with a without a shirt and tie on, because I don't have a shirt, I don't dress a certain tie, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if my brother was to judge me at that moment, be like, oh, he's not, he doesn't love Jesus as much as I do because he hasn't got a shirt and tie on. Mm-hmm all of a sudden now you're judging your brother and there's no Bible whatsoever for mm-hmm. that to be mm-hmm. this dress standard in a church setting. Yeah. yeah, And, and, and vice versa. Yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. If I'm judging someone else for wearing a shirt and tie, like, Oh, he's so legalistic rather than that's how he feels. He's expressing devotion yeah. to the Lord. Fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have at it. I'm with you. Yeah. Even when it comes to styles of music or, mm-hmm. or song choice, when, when you think about it, I, Fair game if you don't want to sing a song that was written by a particular artist that you don't agree with or songwriter yeah. that you don't agree with. That's that's fair game to you. Uh, again, as we're going to see at the end of this con- at the end of this passage, that's between you and whether you feel like you can glorify God by doing so. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if there's nothing sinful about the song, it's it's high in doctrine mm-hmm. and and gospel truth then there's no reason to criticize someone for listening to a song or listening to uh, a particular yeah. uh, artist or, or whatever the case is. Yeah. I'm just thinking of how that might play into our church services. But mm-hmm. beyond that, say outside of the walls of the church building where we gather, how might that? Yeah, if you see, I mean, oh man, not to cause alarm in the, <laughs> the podcast, but if, if, my, if my brother has a glass of beer, you know, and, and some of our brothers and sisters in Christ would be teetotal, and it'd be like, look at him, like he's in, that's that's wrong. And you're like, well, it's biblically, it's not. Sorry, but I know there's wisdom principles involved, but it's not necessarily wrong, and that can play out. If a if a if a, a lady in our church wants to dye her hair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, look at her, you know, she's Slovenian. Well, maybe like, you're all of a sudden you're suspecting the worst in your sister. Yeah, maybe she just wants to dye her hair. Just let her. She has liberty in Jesus to do that. Leave mm-hmm. her alone. You know, yeah, mind your right, yeah. mind your business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, things like that. You know, Victoria was bringing up um, on Wednesday about ear piercing. She doesn't personally have her ears pierced, mm-hmm. but if she starts judging her sister in Christ for having that, then she's got issues. Yeah, know? yeah, that's so. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we could even throw in their <clears throat> dietary issues, right? Yeah, because um, you, you want to admire people who who take a step to be healthy in any direction. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy steps are always positive steps, um, but but when you take your dietary preferences even something that you're really passionate about and maybe has impacted your life positively mm-hmm. and you turn that into a militant approach where you're trying to enforce that on others especially those in the church yeah then it becomes uh, a problem and you're 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 actually um taking away people's uh christian liberties yeah you have no authority from the lord to make those commands yeah well if you're if you're going to listen to secular music if you're <clears> going to watch movies that aren't necessarily that aren't christian movies and Maybe you feel like I can't listen to secular music. Well, that's fine. That's you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. But if your brother wants to listen to a bit of Coldplay and you're all of a sudden judging him, like, oh, he's he's worldly. Mm-hmm. He's not worldly. There's no Bible for this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and again, it's it's kind of like the uh, I, I always I always say this. I've, I've always said this to, you, to the young people in, in 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 our church and other churches I've been in. 
But when it comes to, say, dress standards, music preferences and things like that, the reason I should dress the way that I dress is because, A, I like the way it looks, and B, I feel like it doesn't dishonor God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you apply that to everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I like yeah. it, and it doesn't dishonor God. Right, yeah. And if you can tick off those two boxes, yeah. wh- whether it's music, whether it's dress, whether it's the movies that you watch, mm-hmm. then it's a safe it's a safe place. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the principle, just doubling doubling down on what we started on, was is never suspect the worst in a brother or sister that you don't agree with. Never assume that they have sinful intentions for doing something if there is no biblical precedent to call it sin. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, so moving on, right? Uh, in in basically in verses sixteen to twenty three, we deal with the second half of of the passage, and um, verse number nineteen. If you don't mind taking that one, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace, and the things by which one may edify another. Yeah. So uh, in in this passage, you know, he starts by again by talking about the kingdom of God. In verse seventeen, is not eating or drinking, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's putting things in perspective, isn't he? These, these are the things that we should be focusing on. These, these are the redeemable virtues of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, he, he again, he goes on to just uh, to mention food in verse number 20, uh, um, meat, drink, or wine in verse number 21. Um, so we're dealing with these things that are not necessarily defined in scriptures. We, 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 I hate using the, the, the phrase gray area uh, because I, I, I do believe with God, he sees things in black and white, you know, mm-hmm. it's right or wrong with God. Yeah. There's these gray areas in terms of our culture and how yeah. it relates. Wisdom principles. Wisdom principles. Yeah. That's yeah. probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. So, um, so he says in all of these uh, liberty issues, these, these, we can call them gray areas just for the, for the sake of this moment, <laughs> um, edify one another. Yeah. Seek to always be edifying one another. And here, here's the awkward truth about when we judge our brother or sister on an issue of Christian liberty. We are internally tearing them down in our minds. Yeah. Um, judging is not just an attempt to tear them down. It's actually the act of tearing them down in our mind. Mm-hmm. And that's shocking to think about. Yeah, you're condemning them in your heart. You're, mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's ungodly to, to judge in this tearing down way. Yeah. You th- when you think about the implications of it, because so let's let's think about how how Jesus and and uh, John and the epistles talked about uh, internal sin. So so Jesus said a few things. He said the mouth that speaks out of the abundance of the heart mm-hmm. is, is just bringing out what was in. Yeah. Uh, he says that if you've looked on a woman with lust after her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. So adultery of the heart. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, lust is adultery of the heart. Yeah. Uh, John says in his epistle that. Um, that hatred is murder of the heart. Mm. So, so judging, we could say, is destruction of the heart. It's arson of the heart. Yeah. It's trying to burn something down. Um, and but but I love how God's train of thought automatically goes from the negative, don't judge, mm-hmm. uh, to the positive, mm-hmm. edify one another. Yeah. Um, again, it's that it's that Bonhoeffer quote, isn't it? Um, that the Christian life is less about cautiously avoiding sin as it is uh, courageously doing God's will. And um, so there's this word edify, right? What, how would you define edify? So it means to build up, to build up your brother or your sister in Christ. Rather than tearing down, we build. Good. So, so God's God's work within us is to edify. So what does that what does that mean? God's God's aim is for every believer. Yeah, I loved what you said on Wednesday. God works. God's work in you is never to tear down a brother or sister, but always to build them up. Mm. So if you're tearing down somebody. 
do know that that's not the work of God in you. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's not good, yeah. that's not what he's about. He's about mm. building up. And um, uh, and so if 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 you're building people up, if you're encouraging people, if you're walking, if you're walking in your liberty wisely and building people up, then that then God is working in your life. And if you're tearing down, that's your flesh. That's not God's work in you. So mm. yeah, he's called you to build up your brothers and sisters. Mm. There's so many verses in the New Testament about edify, edification, um, but, but Ephesians 4.21, in terms of our relationship one with another and how we talk to one another, is really important. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, mm-hmm. that it may impart grace to the hearers. So so you alluded to the, the fact a minute ago that, that um, God pours his love out on us mm-hmm. so that we'll pour his love out mm-hmm. horizontally to, to our brothers and sisters around us. And this says that through our speech— the grace that God has poured down upon us, we can mm, pour out vertically to our brothers and yeah, sisters. Lovely. So I'm I'm always seeking to to, to edify. Uh, so so just just to make mention of it, at the end of this chapter, um, it, it goes into a bit of a, a discourse in verses 22 to uh, 22 and 23. Um, yeah, it just says, "Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats." Because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Mm-hmm. How how would you put into modern terms what God was saying to the Greeks and Jews there? Yeah. So do you have faith in verse 22? Doesn't mean do you have like faith in Jesus. It mm-hmm. means do you have the faith that the thing that you're doing isn't a sin? Good. Do it privately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you think it's okay to, to eat this meat sacrifice to an idol, good, because it because it actually is okay. Mm-hmm. And and have it go you know go home and have a meal with your family thank God for it but don't be rubbing it in your brother's face don't yeah. don't like start eating that meat like look at me eating meat sacrifice to an idol ha 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 you can't talk enjoy your carrot you know yeah, yeah. so this is so yeah we we we're 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 freeing Christ to do it but you don't you want to edify your brother not tear him down and one of the tearing down here is not just judging but to walk in front of him in such a way that would bring him down, mm-hmm. that would cause him to stumble. Mm-hmm. Verse 23 is saying that if even if it's not a sin, and I think it's a sin, and I do it, I'm actually showing a rebellious heart. Mm-hmm. So if this Jew is like, it's a sin to eat this meat, but I'm going to do it anyway, even though it's not a sin, he's actually walking in rebellion because he thinks it's a sin against God and he's doing it anyway. So his, his heart's condemning him in that sense. So mm-hmm. he still shouldn't do it. I shouldn't be forcing my brother to do something that he thinks is a sin. Yeah, so so it's it's really good to emphasize, um, and every it, this this ties in, I think, with everything that you said. That this passage is not teaching us to deny ourselves our Christian liberties. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not it's not what the passage is getting at. Like, don't do this and don't do that, but rather be selective in when you do it. Yeah, and, yeah. and you enjoy your with, liberties, yeah. but don't cause someone to stumble by uh, indulging in your liberties. Yeah. 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 Um. So. So we look at all that and we say, God doesn't want me to judge because in judging I'm tearing down, but God wants me to build them up both through my words and my actions and interactions with them. Yeah. Um, how this week, right, mm-hmm. in Blurton, in the churches that other listeners are, are, are finding their, their setting, how can I help edify my brothers or sisters this week? Yeah, and these liberty issues. Mm. I mean, for just again to say it, first of all, contextually, to edify is to walk in your liberty wisely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but second of all, I think one of the ways we can edify is to see the good and to point out the good. Um, in, in, a, in a generation and a culture where we see the negative and point out the negative so much, mm. see the good in your brother or your sister and point it out to them. If you, you don't have to look 
very far to see the bad, but God is calling us to see the good and point it out. So mm. if my brother or sister is doing something well or encouraging or helpful, it's it's good to point that out. Amanda text uh, the, our our group chat with with me and Victoria and you and Amanda. She just texted last night saying, "I really was helped by your message mm. Mm. Um, to the teens last night," and it just encouraged me a lot because I thought it was awful. And I uh, was like, "That was really helpful." Because it's you. hard to read the faces of teens when you're teaching, isn't <laughs> right? It? So she she encouraged me, you know, and um, so yeah, she she built me up. Um, John Myers text or phoned me on on Monday and mm. uh, just phoned me to remind me of Psalm three and tell me he was praying for me, and it just built me up, man. Mm. So he was. So these things, just you know, phone calls, seeing the good, pointing out the good, um, yeah, these these are things that encourage. So, so here, here's here's a question. This 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 slots into the same question we're asking. So so let's say that that I've overreacted over an issue of Christian liberty because mm. it's inevitably going to happen in the context of our church. Let's say that I've overreacted over something that is my preference mm. that bugged me about something someone else was doing. Right. What do I do now? So you, you have to repent because if they're walking in their liberty that Jesus gave them and you're the one getting angry about it, they haven't sinned, you have. Mm. You've sinned against your brother by tearing them down and judging when you shouldn't have. So you need to repent before the Lord for that. And then if it's if it's created relationship conflict between you and them, you should go and make right with them. Mm. If it hasn't, if it's just something you've done in your heart, you, you might not necessarily have to go to them. You just yeah. go to the Lord because the Lord saw it. Um, but if it's been something you've overreacted like outwardly towards them, you need to go and apologize and, and reconcile. I feel like that's massively implied in this passage. You know, do not judge them. But but what about what about when I do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm meant to edify them and build them up. Mm-hmm. So if I if I have judged them, make it right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Seek peace. Could um, you imagine? Sorry, what the after the Roman Church reads this epistle, what that would look like to go go back yeah. into the congregation, or it's probably read in the churches in Rome. Um, and they go back to our one another and like, I'm sorry, you know, you, you know, I still don't feel like it's okay to eat this meat, Yeah. but you know, you, you enjoy it, man. And then the other brother's like, I'm sorry for flaunting it in your face, man. I shouldn't have done that. I'll eat it privately in my home. And then when we get together, we'll, we'll not eat like that. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. That's, it is beautiful, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's consideration and that's mm-hmm. care and to come full circle. That's love, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, just, just to, just to close with this, um, again, to, Circle back to, to John thirteen thirty five. Jesus says, not just among one another, mm-hmm. but the unbelieving world yeah. is going to be observing you. And how are they going to know if you are my disciples? Yeah. If you have love for one another. Yeah. So in a in a in a congregation of differences of opinion with these liberty issues, um, walking in compassion and consideration with one another and unity despite the differences, the pursuing the things that make for peace, mm. that's gonna the world's going to look on and say something's different about those people. Mm. They truly are the followers of this Jesus. Mm. So, so I could just give some bullet points here to sum up what we've said. How can I edify my brother or sister this week and avoid judging them? Don't deprive their liberties. Mm. Um, seek peace when conflict is brewing. Mm. Um, don't elevate your preference above the word. Mm. And give words of encouragement and affirmation, not criticism. That's good. So I think we'll leave it there, yep. and um, I'm helped by this, and I hope that all the listeners are are helped by it too. And uh, to God be the glory, right? Amen. Thank you for listening to the Body Bishops podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com, and we don't have social media. 
so you can get hold of us on the Blurton Baptist Facebook or Instagram. Let's go get an okay. Cool.